0: You're tuned in to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. I'm Sean, your host, and today I have the privilege of inter- uh, you know interviewing Benjamin Caddick. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right again. Um, ben. ben- runs uh, these two amazing businesses uh, uh, across uh, Central and Eastern Europe, uh, Storsen and uh, Popcorn Recruiters. uh, They're they're heavily involved in recruitment and outsourcing in the region, and we're going to give it to Ben to tell us a little more about his business. Okay. Thanks,
1: Sean. So yes, we started. I think two and a half years ago. So it's, we are still young in terms of, of the development, but we immediately started with three companies. Uh, so this is not the usual scenario for startups. So basically we opened a company in Prague, which is doing all the sales operations for our outsourcing recruitment operations. While in Bosnia, where we are set with our uh, delivery operations, we have two additional companies. One is Popcorn Recruiters, which is only uh, doing a recruitment uh, uh um, positions in, in mainly in, in uh, Eastern Europe or Western Europe while we have some projects in USA and in Asia, while Storsen is an outsourcing company where we have a couple of teams sitting here in Bosnia, but working for our partners in Switzerland, Czech Republic, uh, uh, Austria and other countries.
0: So Ben, would it be correct to say Storsen basically does uh,
1: just recruitment outsourcing or do you
0: outsource other functions as well?
1: No, we outsource most of the other functions <laughs> in the uh, stores. and So basically it's going to be IT, technical support, uh, graphic designs. Th- those are the functions that our popcorn recruiter brand attracts while we place them under the Storson umbrella and then we deliver them or deploy them as a as a. Uh, I would say a remote or satellite uh, resources. So we are not in fully outsourcing services. We are outsourcing or outstaffing services where we basically deploy the full team to a client and they, you know, coordinate and supervise them and they, they run them as they own.
0: Would it be right to say both your, both your companies essentially coordinate on many positions where you're recruiting for the client and also hiring and managing the resource?
1: Yeah, so for us, the pitch is quite clear, you know, when we are approaching to our client, we say, you know, do you need resources? And in most of the case, this is the pain that most of the big companies have. And they said yes. And especially after the pandemic, you know, we yeah. almost don't ask anymore, is it an on position or not? Because nobody's onboarding now. And in those options, when we have a remote opportunity, we immediately introduce, okay, those people can be based in my company. They can be outsourced uh, under much you know, affordable rates and competitive uh, service delivery uh, performance. And then they, I recruit them, place them in our company, and outsource them directly to a client. And, and now that you're saying affordable, right, for, for, for the
0: people that are watching who would like to know about the economics or maybe even someone who uh-huh. might want to partner with you after listening to this, and yeah, sure, sure, that's sure. That's to you, what does what do the economics in your market look like? Like, how, in in a range, what would you charge for placement? What would you charge the client to manage this resource? What would you pay out? Just rough numbers, yep. so the audience better idea of how the business works.
1: So, I think for the people who are familiar with the European standards, this would be quite clear. You know, you have a Western country standard where you know you have rates of let's say IT. Developer or programmer starts with the rates of 60 plus euro per hour, and it can go up to 100 and 120 euros. Then you come to Eastern Europe, and then Eastern Europe combines the rates between 45 up to 60 euros. You know, uh, for, let's say Java developer, and then you come to Balkans. You know, this yeah. is the the the, the, the most. Uh, unfamiliar region in the Europe because it's you know still new and it's emerging in terms of outsourcing and recruitment and resourcing capacity. It was for a long time it was a huge talent pool for Eastern and Western countries, but now the operations came here. While here you can find the rates of from twenty-five up to forty euros. So basically, it's now scaling down. And if a Western country approach directly to Balkan for them, it's like crazy affordable. While with the uh, partnership with Eastern countries, you know, we have long term uh, relationship and we mostly have this BOT model. So build, operate, transfer model where a company takes at least two years, one team and build them up to 20, 30 people and then take over the company and they open their own legal operations. in Boston.
0: So you, you literally help them build an entire team here, yeah.
1: not just like yeah. one
0: employee and then basically yeah. take over that team.
1: And it's usually, it's usually two, two years process where they say, okay, we're going to need five to 25 people. And after two years, it's like, you know, this is your team, your offices, your equipment, you take over and register the legal company.
0: And, and, and Benjamin, how, how do, how do economics as an agency work? So obviously we, we know in Japan, you know, people can maybe charge even 30, 35% of a personal mm-hmm. salary person salary. Mm-hmm. for Maybe in Ireland, in the UK, it's closer to 15 to 20%. Mm -hmm. Um, what are are these numbers like uh, in in your region right Mm -hmm. closer to like the 8-10% mark are you charging or or would your competitors charge closer to the 20% mark
1: yeah so uh, for us it's Quite, I would say it's, it's fortunate and unfortunate at the same time that we are working with all those regions because all our recruitment operations are based internationally. So basically we are not doing anything here in the region of Balkan. We are only outsourcing and, and placing people in our offices if the requirement is such. While we are, if we are doing Scandinavian or UK market or Eastern market, we are trying to localize the standards in terms of our recruitment capacity and the price ranges. So uh, having, you know, just salary ranges and understanding the salary ranges in UK, in Czech Republic or whatever, you have to localize your standards and you have to adjust to their usual uh, prospect of using a uh, recruitment agency. So I would say between 15 and 20%, this is something that we, so, you know, uh, usually charge.
0: So if I call you, Ben, and I say, hey, recruit CRMs looking for, uh, you know, a... Uh, uh, a Java developer in, uh, in Bosnia and we want your help managing them and say they make 30 or 40,000 euros, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I, I would be expected to pay 15% of that as a recruitment fee to, to yeah. get talent, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For, And And now, now we've obviously talked about, you know, you know, what your business does. Mm-hmm. So before we go deeper into that, I would like to start with your story of who you are as a human. <laughs> and and how we got here so you know the very basics where were you born you know what was your dream job growing up and how did you end up
1: doing what you do <laughs> so recruited was not my dream job just to be clear about it you know I, I'm, I'm born and raised here in bosnia and uh, i stayed here for, for all my life uh I had some opportunities during, you know, some some younger ages to, to move out from the country. And my target location was Australia, honestly. And I, 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 you know, dreamed to live in Melbourne. But when the kids came, you know, those, those plans just changed me <laughs> immediately. So uh, my career started... Quite early I immediately started working during my during my high school and during my college years. And I was always experiencing some kind of work where there's some interaction with people. This is something that I you know passionately enjoy. And this is something that I, you know, always try to look in, in, in all my experiences. And I was moving from, you know, industry to industry. Then I came up to, to, to uh, one of the leading job boards in Bosnia, and I stayed there for 10 years. And you know, I, at, the, at the end, I was running the sales and recruitment team. And I kind of liked that. You know, I saw the potential in terms of the industry. It was quite new here. Uh, it was not that popular because you know, we are a country with a high unemployment rate, and most of the jobs can be you know, finished with the references uh, with the job board and whatever. Uh, But then I got introduced with the recruitment in those final years of that experience uh, before we were acquired by Daily Mail, then afterwards by by one Finnish company. And then I noticed what is the potential of recruitment in the international market here. That was not that popular still because of the high unemployment rate. Um, And I met met my partner at that time. He was my client. He was sitting in Czech Republic running one of the biggest uh, IT companies, uh, American IT company, CSC. And he said, Benjamin, I made one and a half thousand people here, one and a half thousand seats in Czech Republic from 60 to one and a half thousand. I can do that anywhere. (laughs) You know, I already did that. Uh, Transferring people from Frankfurt to to Prague. Uh, I think I can do this with you. I need this resourcing capacity. I know this outsourcing capacity. We can do this together. And before that, I had a couple of options, joining with somebody and starting some company, but I was not. You know ready and i was not even sure that i want to go in this recruitment capacity but from the moment when we started building up the the you know business scenario proof of concept uh, we did a couple of researches. So we immediately said okay this is something that we all going to, so to, cu-
0: to cut you off there right just just to get more context so one how, how old were you when you when you when you started your company uh i was 35 i think you were 35 you started this company with this Client that you've been working yep. with in the Czech Republic. Uh, d- did you guys put up? Uh, you, you know, you know how my interviews go. Did you Did you guys like put up a bunch of money to start this, or uh, you know, did you just have clients from day one who were giving you money?
1: So there was no client. There was expectation there's going to be a client, <laughs> but uh, it's going to. You know, it's it, it was all of our savings. And it was all about networks and our experience. So immediately invest everything. So I know it's quite risky and I I would not recommend this to everybody. Uh, But, you know, when you feel confident and when you already have a client base and you have a network, you know, uh, uh, and you have an outreach on different locations and different services and industries, I, you know, I took the risk and Luckily for me, Peter.
0: And, and, and obviously, right, as a 35 year old guy, I, I, I think you were married, you had kids by by, by this time. Uh, yeah. obviously. So obviously, you have to feed them, did school, all of that. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. when you started your business, what, what did what 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 did you what time did you give yourself? Like, I'm sure you'd saved up some money. So were you like, Okay, I'm going to give yeah. business six months, one year, two years? How long were you yeah. going to before you said, Okay, this, if this doesn't work in 12 months, I'm going to go back and get a job?
1: we said six months so you know uh, it's not because of the money and it's because of the you know the patience because with 85 you don't have that much you know and you are you know you see everything as a risk uh, but with us, we, we put a bar on six months uh, and put additional bar of additional six months in terms of, you know, value of, of, of the investment that we have. But in the first six months, we managed to pull, pull off. And uh, for us, the recruitment business was a door opener. And this is something that we needed. Uh, you know, when you are, you know, working in outsourcing industry, just comparing yourself or competing uh, with other, you know, most popular, more more experienced locations such as India, China and all the others, uh, you cannot, you know, open those doors quite easily. But when you're knocking on those doors and saying, I can help you with your, you know, resources, missing resources, whatever they are, is it on site or other location or potentially remotely, this fixed their mind. And they said, okay, what you can do, I, I have this really complex position, let's say solution architect in Belgium, and I cannot handle that. You're the, and we mostly took those complex projects. And this is how we opened the doors.
0: Yeah. So you're essentially saying recruitment for you wasn't like the main business. Recruitment was something no. that hopefully be break-even, but it would help yep. you these big yep. outsourcing contracts that will pay you on a recurring yes. basis for many years. Yes. Yes.
1: Once. Yes. That's,
0: that's, Super. That, that's super smart, right? That's like uh, selling uh, the 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 shaving blade for the, you know the, sha- the shaving thing for free and
1: then charging for the razor sort of thing. There is one more point I have to mention that. And besides those two complementary businesses, we uh, acquired the franchise franchise uh, contract or franchise business for leading association of promotion of outsourcing businesses from Poland called ABSL. So basically, we had three of those pillars. So we were promoting on local marketing why outsourcing is important. We have a members there, we have a companies who are you know, we have an outsourcing business who is delivering the services and we have a recruitment who is filling out those positions and helping out the company. So basically we made an ecosystem, which is not the usual scenario. People initially start to, you know, producing something, yeah. but we immediately you know put the full full ecosystem and that was this was why the shortening of six months was quite easy. And and so when you when you started, like was it
0: just you? this co-founder or did you start by hiring two or three people and just having a team in place? So
1: well, first six months, it was just two of us.
0: Okay. And then were you profitable the first month, uh,
1: first year, sorry, not first month. Uh, first year, not. No. So we started by half of the 2018 and we closed the year with some small loss, okay. uh, which we, you know, covered with some of the consulting gigs, but immediately from the beginning of the next year, we had like 200% uh, profit. Okay, so
0: you, you you were profitable in 2019, and then and, immediately,
1: yeah.
0: and were you able to were you able to close at a profit in 2020? I know a lot of are uh,
1: our... did it. We did it. Don't ask me why and how, uh, but we managed to do it uh, because you know when when the industry was hit, uh, in our case, having two two or three businesses or two or three services, you know, was, uh, you know, some cool. some, uh, some options to, to pull out because when the recruitment and we, I would say, luckily and also unlikely, we were working almost for most of the biggest companies, you know, in the region, huge, huge companies and huge corporates who immediately start with the recruitment while the outsourcing became more and more popular because people cannot be hired and onboarded. So when the recruitment fail, fell down, outsourcing immediately starts up. And so this is how we leverage the, the, the pandemic.
0: And what does your team look like today? What's, you know, across your businesses or verticals? What do, how yeah. many people and what do they do?
1: So we have in our recruitment team, we have approximately 10 plus some additional resources who are freelancers on other locations. What uh, We have 10 people sitting here and they are mostly IT recruitment specialists. So basically we are working on agile recruitment models. So this is something that we are comfortable working with and we are quite satisfied, satisfied there. While in other terms in outsourcing business, we have a couple of uh, uh, deployed teams who are sitting here in Bosnia, but working for, let's say, FinTech companies, Switzerland, the other is Microsoft, project that we have a couple of people sitting here working for Microsoft soft on German and Dutch language and we have some additional teams in Microsoft Dynamics working for for Czech partners so basically they are you know deployed in different regions in different areas
0: so what would be the total number of people on your payroll like full-time employees approximately
1: 25 to 30 people we have a couple of people sitting in 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 Bulgaria too in Slovenia also uh, working for our international clients and these are your core employees, right? Not the people you're billing to
0: the client, but your employees that you're... So
1: my employees, there are approximately 15 and we have at, at least 15 more for, for deploying for a client. Got it, solid, that's,
0: that's awesome. And, and, and so, that, that's a lot of progress for two, two and a half years in recruitment without funding, right? You've raised no external funding for this company. There was no funding available
1: at that time. And basically all our resources, you know, came from, from our own investments and savings. And additionally, came from from partnership that we already had with some companies who immediately, you know, considered us as a potential vendor. Uh, our, I would say unfortunate thing was that we worked for really high you know big corporate companies where just vendoring process takes up to three months you know while you know payments and everything can last for for, for much much longer time but we made it up from those first initial six months and then immediately started working for so, so the biggest challenge
0: Benjamin would you say was the the sheer payment cycle the amount it yes. takes to get yes just vendoring. And is, is that still a problem? Is that still the biggest problem in
1: the business? No, no, not now. Uh, in this moment, we, you know, uh, pandemic Learn uh, changed the perspective of recruitment, and I think most of our colleagues from the recruitment industry can can you know agree on this because the bigger the company, the the, the you know the bigger hit they took during the pandemic. So with the small companies, they immediately showed the uh, flexibility, they showed the mobility in terms of placing and onboarding people on different locations. And this is how our scope of uh, recruitment clients immediately changed. So the companies in size of 250 up to 500 people, they immediately started acquiring additional resources and they were open to have those resources anywhere. Uh, While companies of two and three you know more thousand plus uh, candidates they stopped me so they said okay let's see what is going to happen we still need people but we don't know how to onboard them you know for them it was quite challenging to do that
0: and one more question right have have you already achieved that mark of getting your business to a million dollars or million euros in revenue
1: so we did it this year.
0: <laughs> twenty twenty was the year when the world was falling apart. So
1: the point of, of yeah. that,
0: you, you, bro- you broke pa- pa- past a million revenue. So congratulations. Yeah. That's that's a big yeah. milestone. The first million yeah. supposed to be the hardest. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and so when you started your business, what was what, what was something that you expected that that should have happened that didn't end up happening?
1: So I think that there was two. You know, I would not say disappointment, but it, it was challenges, you know, for, for understanding in, in the industry and the people who are working in it. Uh, for me, the biggest challenge was, you know, selling us as a location. Yeah. Uh, when you're selling in outsourcing business, I was not that aware how people, you know, are conservative in terms of location. Yeah. Uh, in most of the cases, you know, the location is not that relevant how the resource or the quality of the performance that you're going to have. So this was, this was a big challenge for me to understand, you know, why is this as such? Because, you know, you're affordable enough, you're, you know, compliant in all the expectations in terms of delivery and everything, while you're still in Balkans. And Balkans are still not in EU, and so for them, this was a challenge. Uh, and is there also yeah. a language difference? Like, what's
0: the core language that's spoken, spoken in Bosnia?
1: So, it's, it's Boston language. It's quite similar to Serbian and Croatian. So, basically, it's an ex-Yugoslavian language. So, it's almost uh, used in most of the countries in in, in ex-Yugoslavia country. But uh, I would say that English is, you know, quite advanced and it's almost conditional in all schools. And German, which was something that I was also surprised by, uh, German is the most... Uh, use language in Bosnia and combining all the other countries in the region, like Serbia, Macedonia, Bosnia has the most that all the other com- countries combine. And that's what this, this was a breaking point for us in terms of outsourcing because the German language is the most required language in, in outsourcing, at least in Europe. And this is how we converted our clients and saying, yes, we have this here. We know we are not EU, but we have German language here. Yeah, so I- this is how we managed to get them.
0: Germany, Switzerland, and Austria are lower lower competition. Than the UK because you know I, I know our, our, all the Indian friends we have here are attacking attacking the I world.
1: they but, are usual suspects they are usual suspects uh, we are trying to go in Benelux Scandinavia and Dakh region those are the regions that we are targeting
0: that's a smart way to do it and and you've obviously you know hit a million so you've figured it out and so <laughs> one more question what's the hardest part of your job what's the hardest part of running this company even today like if, if you're to name
1: I would say being closer to my people we are still small company, but at some point of time, I think that I moved away you know from their ambitions and their 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 expectations and everything and this is for me this is the biggest challenge you know i want to be so close to them and i want to follow every step of their development but at some point of time you know you know the, the, all the duties and all the expectation they move me away from the people and this is something that i really miss i cannot even imagine being a ceo of you know, 200 or 5000 people you know They're i really yeah, I really like to be close to my to my employees and my colleagues, and this is something that I miss.
0: When you say close, do you mean being physically close to them in the same office across their desk,
1: or just no, being able no. to spend more time? Being being able to spend more time to to listen to them and to try to develop them and their career in compliance with something that we can produce in our
0: company. And and so, it, and how are you trying to mitigate that then? Like it, that as a follow up question. Like w- Ben, what are you doing to? To fix that
1: uh, so <laughs> I try to be as close as much in terms of those de- development phases and I tend to push my people to do uh, their GD change at least one year once a year so I try to challenge them to take over the new adventures new challenges new new, new, new uh, duties and with that I feel that I'm you know involved I feel that I'm you know influenced in any way and that I supported their their vision because the, my vision and their vision doesn't mean to be, you know, complied yeah. all the time. So this is how I challenge them. This is how they challenge me to think more about their career. What are the next steps and how can I react on them? Solid. And,
0: and what are the, what are Storsen's and Popcorn Recruiters' growth plans for the next year
1: or two? What, what's the goal? Do you, what's the yeah, so with goal? yeah, for <laughs> all the kind of goals you have? Yeah, so with the recruitment we are really being careful and <laughs> this is the this is something that we are learned by the 2020 and i would say an un, un, unfortunate 2020 uh where we don't want to scale that much in terms of our internal people while we want to express more in rpo this is something that we are planning to do in 2021 because there are so more um, many requirements coming in this region so the rpo will be something that we will introduce to our clients because Uh, the language specific and the requests are coming from the market while the from the outsourcing bit uh, you know the sky is the limit pandemic is going in favor of outsourcing business and now we are you know there are so many you know options opening for us and we have uh our interest is to open at another location in Bulgaria for, for 2020, and we want to have an office there and start operations there because this, this was the market that we noticed the biggest changes in terms of the resource capacity.
0: All right. Cool. I like it. You know, very, you know what you're doing, right? That, which is important. I mm-hmm. have uh, mm-hmm. two, last, two last questions before we wrap this up. <laughs> one. one is the standard, uh, you know, what, one, what's your advice to your 20-year-old 20 20 self?
1: Um have a, have a family much earlier, <laughs> don't I wait up to 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> because your patience is going, you know, uh much, much lower and your focus is much much lower. I would say start a family, start the company much, much much earlier because there's no challenge that i was you know smart enough with 35 that i could not bridge with 25 you know there there, okay. there was no challenges same from this perspective you know it was just focus, just you know uh you know having a plan having an interest and having a in my case having a partner uh, i would honestly not consider doing this uh, uh, by myself this is something that i definitely definitely yeah. learned from From the options, while from the other hand, I would say be more be more patient with the people. So you you know, have to be patient with people in. It doesn't mind, is, there, is this your employee or your client or your partner? Just be more patient because all of them needs, needs time you know, to adjust, to, to see where their potential is. While in my case, I'm you know, pushing always three to five years up, up front, And this is a big challenge for me because I'm trying to, you know... The, the trying st- to build and grow a
0: business and not everyone... Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah. the the
1: the so in my case, I'm not even 20% f- yeah. from what uh, I'm expecting to do in the next three to five years.
0: And so obviously you've stated that you're married and you have you, you have a couple of kids or, or married slash in a relationship and have two kids. Okay. You know, I obviously cannot assume. Uh, and, and last this is a new question uh, I'm, I'm adding from this episode, right? I haven't asked this to other people before. What advice would you give to somebody that was starting a new recruitment firm today, like in 2021?
1: Okay, so today makes much more <laughs> impact than it was. If you asked me this in February, it would be a totally different story. <laughs> so I would say, you know, immediately understand what is the niche don't just go around and sell your you know sell your services to anybody or anywhere with any type of of the of the service level so i would say know your niche understand where you're good at and where you have a talent pool or the network that you can reach out to clients and people will expect that you are you know specialist for it (laughs) or is it a network or is it a recruitment service so uh, just going there and saying, "Okay, I'm just one of the recruitment agency," it doesn't help anymore. And as you can see, with all the big companies, big recruitment agency, they are becoming more and more specialized and more and more niche in terms of location, services, and the in the profiling in terms of the industry. So, just starting as a small agency, it would you know benefit you much more because you're going to develop your relationship with specific niche that you feel comfortable. Uh, and the second advice I would say, you know. Uh, surround yourself with the people who can trust you. Uh, at, at some point, and they don't have to be your employee. I was lucky, lucky, luckily enough, that I had you know a couple of really important friends that I mentioned every time, uh, who were there, who were supporting me, uh, and who you know bridge those usual uh, challenges that the startups has. You know, you know, questioning yourself, questioning your partner, questioning the services, questioning the location. And if you are surrounded with those people who know you enough, and you can say. Come on, you already passed this. You know, you've proven yourself in past experiences. Don't go there. You know, it's a, it's a black hole. Uh, that can help you a lot. If you are just alone by yourself and if you don't listen, if you don't listen to the people uh, surrounding you, you're uh, most probably you're gonna uh, come to some challenges that you cannot handle by yourself.
0: Totally get it. And and so, guys, the the main the main watchword here, right? What what Benjamin gave us was. Don't just go out and start a firm and say you'll take any kind of business that you get. Figure out what your niche is and or mm-hmm. niche is and, and exactly focus on that. And so if, if you're recruiting uh, AWS solutions engineers, just focus on that. Don't, don't, don't start recruiting carpenters just because there's one person who's looking for one. And you know. so, so dial down on your niche, figure it out and make it happen. Thank you, Benjamin, for doing this. We really appreciate it and have uh, we, we wish you the best of luck in 2021. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that's all for today's episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs. Like and follow us if you like today's episode and want to hear more stories from the world of recruitment.